and I'm sad. (laughs) (laughs) He is a good girl. Like he, he loves a good girl in and outside of the bedroom. And I love that. I love that for me. I love that for Sloan. (laughs) I love that for everyone. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Spice Rack Pod. No more sniffly Emily. We know we took a break last week, but we're really happy to be back and talking about the last knock em out book. But before we get into it, Sav, how are you doing? I am so good. I listened to August and Evermore on the way home. Like had the the folklore evermore playlist is going. The temperature was in the 60s when I woke up this morning. So I'm defrosting. It's time. I saw that Sunday in Atlanta. It's like a low of 49. Um, This upcoming Sunday? Yep. Okay, that's amazing because I'm going to the Falcons game and I bought the Tis the Damn Season Taylor Swift football sweatshirt. <laughs> so that's going to be ideal. Let me double check. But yeah, because it was, you know how um they do like the temperature thing? Yeah. Yeah, Saturday it's 54 and 70 and Sunday is 46 and 67. Oh my god, I'm elated. <laughs> what a weekend to be home. So excited. I want to talk about we since you already mentioned the Taylor Swift season. We I understand Taylor's dating Travis Kelsey. I'm a big fan of Taylor. We are we're a Taylor Swift podcast, but I'm kind of over it at this point. Like all over like Twitter, everything has been like, oh, Travis Kelsey leaves her apartment. Like, let the girl have her, like, man. Like, why are we, like, I think at this point, like, if you're that, like, you can't be that obsessed. I think that the NFL needs to find their fucking chill. Like, yes, I, if I were Taylor Swift, I would send them a cease and desist. Like, it is too much. It's giving stalker behavior. Like, they need to calm the fuck down. Like, the NFL already had clout before Taylor. So why are they? It just doesn't make any sense to me. I think the NFL is angering the white men more than if they would just leave it alone. Just leave it alone. Just leave it alone. So my family group chat is me, Seth, my brother, my sister-in-law, my mom, right? My brother is a class, like classic listens to Joe Rogan. He's 31 years old and he's a white dude. Okay. Like, and he fits every single one of those demographic stereotypes. He sent a novel about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey being so pressed about it. And one of the texts was like, I don't even care that much. And so me and my sister-in-law responded, I don't even care that much. Four paragraphs later, like, clearly you care a lot. Like, I need everyone to just chill. Let the girl live. Yeah. Like, I just become like, absolved, like, a, like, and the fact that her she was at the Chiefs like Jets game like she brought her friends like we know things are serious just let the girl like date like let her just have her life I just think it's so cringy like all the people that bought tickets to the Jets game to try and see Taylor Swift like I just think it's like and, a like real cringy. free like real fans like couldn't get tickets or like there was such a surcharge for tickets to see the game yes which like- I just think it's insane Girlies, we've already done this with one experience, and that experience is called the Eras Tour. Like, let's not ruin everything else for everyone. I am not purchasing tickets willy-nilly for an NFL game just to, no. for the potential to see Taylor. 
to be in. You have to watch the game as Taylor Swift. Are y'all fucking crazy? Are you on crack? Exactly. Need help. But other than that, um, deviated septum surgery is not for the week. And I know that we're gonna get into it with what we've been reading. I had two weeks to read, but at some point I couldn't see. Like there was no reading being done. So if you're going into the deviated septum surgery, just be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get like a cute little nose. Your nose does not change when you get your deviated septum fixed. Like it was like slightly changed, but like it's not a nose job, but it's not for the week, but I can breathe. And I just have to say, (laughs) my boyfriend took me to my post-op appointment and there was just something so funny about just seeing like a grown ass man just like by himself in the waiting room. Cause by the time I went, it was just him and he brought his little book with him. And so it was just so funny because he did not go like in the back with me. So he just like waited in the waiting room. But that was a pretty funny experience. I admire that we will find any little reason to make fun of men. <laughs> like Any daily thing that we're doing. It's like, you look so goofy just sitting there. He looked so cute and I I couldn't drive. So very thankful he like drove me. But I was like, I did not, I always, whenever there's like something new, I'm like, I did not expect my hinge adventure to take me here. And I did not expect hinge <laughs> to bring me <laughs> to where my boyfriend takes me to a doctor's appointment. But very thankful. You should be like a advertisement for hinge. Truly. I know this girl, Um, she, they got married. They like eloped. But um, they met on Bumble. And so, like, Bumble, like, shared their story. Like, their, like, success story. And I was like, oh, that's, that's so cute. Cool. Yeah. Hold on. I have one more Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey thing to say. But it's book related. So, I'm going to put it in with my book updates. Because have you seen on TikTok that Ivy Smoke wrote a book talk inspired Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift romance and she didn't sleep for three days to write this book and people are saying that it's so bad because first of all you can tell that she didn't sleep for three days and it is like copy paste Taylor Swift Travis Kelsey and it someone said it feels like an invasion of privacy (laughs) listen I gave Ivy Smoke's little series about the professor and the student relationship the 12 or the 8 to 12 books in that series, I will never read another Ivy Smoke book again. Did you read all of them? I did because I was just like, I have to fucking know how it ends. But truly, all 8 or 12 books, however, there was a lot. It could have been one book. I'm really trying to find the name of this. I don't know what it is. It was by Ivy Smoke. I wonder if she pulled it off Kindle. Like, that's insane. I'm sorry. That's insane. Yeah, people were saying like, girl, first of all, like take a nap. <laughs> and also you because you could tell that you wrote this in three days. But like, it's creepy to write a book about these people. Yeah. It's too much. Leave them alone. I agree. I am. I told Emily this. I'm getting kicked in the teeth at work. So I have not been reading a whole lot, but I've been devouring some audiobooks and I've also DNF'd a bunch of books. So I read Things We Left Behind. I listened to All Good People Here by Ashley Flowers on audio. Ashley Flowers is the crime junkie podcast girl who, like, she's created a fucking empire. Love that for her. She's girl bossing her way straight to the sun. My thought process is that I don't really want to read, I don't want to listen to smut at work because I can listen to, like, a normal people book and like function I can't listen to a smut book and like function and like be around other humans so 
I'm trying to read all these books that are like on Reese's book club and stuff that I don't want to just, I don't want to sit here and enjoy a book if people aren't like falling in love and banging. That's just where I'm at in life. But yeah. I can listen to it while I'm working and doing other things. So that's my audiobook situation right now. So I tried to read this book called Small Great Things, which is by Jody Pico. And it's like so highly esteemed. Everyone loves this book. And it's a lot about race. I did not realize that you got multiple POVs. And basically it's about this labor and delivery nurse who helps a family give birth. And she's a black woman. The family are a bunch of white supremacists. He has a swastika tattoo on his head and like a Confederate flag tattoo on his oh arm. My like, God. like Aryan nation white supremacists. And so I thought it, and basically they sue her. Something happens with the baby. They sue her and say that it's her fault because they're racist as fuck. I thought you were just going to get the story and like the courtroom. No, you get the white supremacist point of view which is a lot to read, but like he says the N word with a hard R and I was just like the most uncomfortable I've ever been in my life listening to it. So I DNF that. I might try it again if I'm reading it, but I'm just not gonna, I'm not doing that. (laughs) Yeah. No part of me needs to do that. And then I also tried to read this book that everyone is talking about on TikTok. It feels like a fucking acid trip. I don't know what you bitches are reading this for. I made it 30% of the way through and I was like, what the fuck am I reading? It's not written well. It's not a well-developed story. I'm confused. But it's called How Does It Feel? If you want to give this shit a try, you go ahead. I will not be continuing. I have not picked up an audiobook since King of Pride. But I did, I think I will. I think I, I might do because the thing is for like work and school, I'm all constantly like reading articles and I can't pay attention to the articles that they're banging at my, like I can't. Yeah, that's fair. Or like regular music and stuff or like like podcasts I can. So I'll probably give that a shot. Yeah. Um, I, I finished. It's a strategy. Yeah. And so, because there's so many good books Yes. that I want to read I just know that like at this point in my life I'm just not re- I'm not reading them I'm just not doing it I don't think that it's bad that we understand like reading a book takes time and if I'm taking time out of my week and my schedule to read something I want it to make me feel good happy and like a little horny I don't want to just I don't want to read about depression <laughs> it's just where no. I'm at so um I finished so my boyfriend got me this book to read during recovery more than words by Mia Sheridan. And so this author wrote Archer's voice, which I absolutely loved. And um, I really liked this one. I gave it five stars. This story was like the true definition of the like invisible string theory. So no matter like where they were, like different country, different continent, they still like found their way back to them. Really loved it. It's good spice. It was a nice, like quick, good read. And then I finished the things we left behind, which we are talking about today. And, it was almost 600 pages, but I absolutely loved and I got it as a hard copy and it's signed by Lucy score. So I thought I felt like so, and I did not know it was signed by her. And um, I did see that. Why am I blanking on her name? Anna Grace You're talking about wildfire. No, no, no. Who did um, King of Pride? Anna Wang. So Anna Wang had on her um, Instagram graphic that. If you are in the Atlanta area and you get her next book, King of Greed, Eagle Eye Bookstore by Emory University will have like a special edition of it. 
Oh. So I think she's like partnered with like local bookstores. So if you are in the Atlanta, and that's where Lucy Score did a book signing. It's like this really small, like local, like bookstore. So if you are in the Atlanta area and you want the special edition of King of um, King of Greed, then go to Eagle Eye Bookstore um, by Emery. I have one. I have a little a little anecdote. Sweet Emily's boyfriend sends me an Instagram DM and says, "Hey, I'm going to the. I want to get Emily a a book. What should I get her?" And I'm like, oh, shit. Well, Emily has so many hard copies of books that she has not read, number one. So I didn't know what to say. And I'm thinking he's going to, like, order it on Amazon, put it in a basket, and give it to you. So I'm like, hold on. Give me a second. Let me text her, see what she's reading. And then I can also, like, give you some ideas. And then he responds and he goes, well, I'm currently at the bookstore. (laughs) I said, okay. So I was like, I need you to go and take a picture of, like, you know, at Barnes & Noble, how they have the front, like, popular in that section little layout he was like well there's not one and I didn't have the heart to argue with him and be like yes there fucking is but whatever so I said okay well just send me pictures of the bookshelves so this man takes videos of all the bookshelves and I'm like freeze framing it and then he sends me like the you know how there's like the contemporary romance bookshelf and then there's like what our moms were reading that you can get in the CVS like yeah. those romance books, he spends a lot of time over there, and I'm like, listen, we don't go over there. We don't. Go, that's not where we go. We live in this one little section. So it was very cute. But I was like, yeah, I can send you like a whole list of things you can order on Amazon. He was like, well, I'm at the bookstore right now, and I was like, okay, got it, cool. Let me drop what I'm doing and let's help. And it's really funny because I'm texting Saab because I was like, I think Alex is getting me something, and him and I share our locations with each other. And so I look up the location and I like see where it is. And there's like a TJ Maxx, Barnes and Noble. And I send Savannah a screenshot. And it's like, what do you think he's doing over here? I was like, I don't, I'm not a good liar. So don't ask me. I just didn't respond. I don't know how to answer questions like that. It was pretty funny. My other thing that I was going to say is, Hannah Grace's second book comes out this week. It does. It's being delivered tomorrow on release day. I'm so excited. It's called Wildfire. The ARCs, people that were reading the advanced copies are loving it. So I'm super excited. And there are like a bajillion books that release in October. So I'm going to share a couple of my faves. I need need to order her book. I'm going to pull this up because I shared something on the story yesterday that had like everything that was coming up. Because one of those is the last book in Elsie Silver's series. So, you know, that hard copy is also pre-ordered on the way. Tessa Bailey's Christmas romance is also coming out tomorrow. I haven't pre-ordered that because I'm not in Christmas mode yet. Chloe Lee has another book coming out on October 10th in that series. Sarah Kate has a book coming out on October 12th. Liz Tomford has a book coming out on October 10th. It's time for me to stock up for Christmas break. It's truly overwhelming how many amazing things are coming out. Greer Rivers has one coming out on the 19th. And then Candy Steiner's Hockey Romance is coming out on the 27th. And Chantel has the book coming out on the 31st. Oh, and Anna Wang's comes out on the 24th. And Holy Sophia shit. Lark um, has a Halloween book. Holy shit so much happening in the book world this month i hope you all have your pre-orders ready 
And these are all good authors. Like, these are authors that we can vouch for. Absolutely. I also would like to share a book that is coming out that I found an excerpt of. And it was the hottest thing that I've read this month. So I'm just going to, I'm going to share this with you. But I have to find, okay, here we go. This comes out on October 12th, Odd Man Rush by Kristen Granada. I'm going to fucking pre-order this one too, because the graphic is rub your tongue all over my wife's pussy and tell me it isn't the best you've ever had. And the excerpt is a spice scene between two women and a man. And it's from the POV. I guess one woman and one man are together. They're married and they're bringing in a third and it's from her point of view. This was the hottest thing I've read this month. Like, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Sometimes I'm in public and, like, I follow some of his accounts on my personal, like, Instagram, too. And I'm just, like, scrolling and I'm, like, because <clears throat> there's, like, some of them who do, like, they put, like, visual graphics. And I'm, like, oh, I got the brightness has to go down. They sure do. You know what I'm loving? I'm going to make Emily start doing this. I'm loving the girls that are promoting books and lingerie with their titties out. Like, you go, girls. <laughs> Me and Amber are going to have to start whipping out lingerie and whipping out our titties to promote these books. <laughs> so funny. Sab, no, Sab literally texted me a picture and it was like this girl, I think she was like tied up in like she was. Halloween she Christmas lights. Like, tied in like orange lights. <laughs> she was like, I might have, you might have to, get, to start doing this for the podcast time to whip it out (laughs) okay so getting into things we left behind by lucy score we have covered the first two books in the series so if you're new to lucy score or you're new to us um we've already done things we never got over and things we had from the light but alas lucy score is a friend of the program and we are excited to discuss the last book in her knock out series Score is an instant number one New York Times bestselling author. She grew up in a literary family who insisted that the dinner table was for reading. When not spending hours crafting heartbreaker heroes and kick-ass heroines, Lucy can be found on the couch, in the kitchen, or at the gym. Books by Lucy include By a Thread, Maggie Moves On, and The Worst Best Man. Today we will follow the tension-filled enemies to lovers story of Lucien and Sloan and things we left behind. I love this week's dedication to 12-year-old, 17-year-old, 21-year-old, and 30-year-old me. You were never the disaster you thought you were. It's all going to work out. Getting into the plot, so Lucy and Roland grew up being the star of the football team and having to hide the fact that he lives with an abusive father. Sloan Walton was the girl next door with a picture-perfect family that took Lucy in. The book-loving quiet girl next door and the star football player created an iron-tight friendship full of love. This all changed one night when Sloane called the cops on Lucian's dad, which resulted in Lucian being thrown in jail and ultimately led to Sloane being injured. That one night led the two best friends to be the biggest enemies who constantly argue and hate each other. Being from the same town and friend group forced these two to be together, but the death of Sloane's dad made Lucien more of a fixture in her life. One night when Lucien catches Sloane trying to find a one-night stand at his hotel, the tension between the two snap and an explosive hookup occurs. However, the two cannot stay away from each other and continue to hook up behind their friend's back. 
With the threat of Anthony Hugo continuing in this book, Lucien vows to protect his friends, even if it means ending things with Sloane. The friends turned enemies end up as lovers in the end and accomplish everything that they have dreamed of. Okay, I really did enjoy this book. Here's the hard thing. For me personally, no one holds a candle to Knox Morgan. Like he is supreme in this series. And so I love Knox and Naomi so much, like to a point where like, I love them too much. So Lucian was fantastic and Sloan was fantastic. And I really enjoyed this story. The enemies to lovers, (laughs) the childhood friends to enemies, to lovers, to broken up, back to lovers was like an emotional roller coaster, but I really did enjoy it. And I think it added a lot of depth to the characters. Like, I think I like Sloan and I appreciate her more because she didn't just immediately go back to Lucian. Like she made him work for it. She made him prove himself. And she also was like finding herself along the way, which I really appreciated. I was crying often in this book because of her talking about her dad like that was really touching and I think that she was on this like self-discovery journey of really wanting to like start a family and be a mom and like carry on all of these traditions that she'd had in this beautiful loving home and now she's like trying to find her way without one of her parents and so I really appreciated that I love how you see the whole community like really come together in this last book. Like the friendship circle is formed and you have Jonathan and Steph. Steph, yeah. Yes. So you have Jonathan and you have Steph and you have all the other couples and like their dogs and their kids. And I just think it's really sweet how like this series has grown so much and this community has grown and the epilogue took me out like hearing how they all gather for Christmas at Sloan's house and like everyone has a big family and it's just like this big beautiful loving environment and everyone's families and like parents and kids are involved I don't know it just really made me feel things and I'm sad that this series is over because it's been such like a sweet journey and it's been a little fucking ridiculous but like as is a romance novel and it was just good to be a part of so Couple quotes that I have. When I like that we flash back to from being in present day to being when they were kids, and you get Sloane crushing on her like hot neighbor, thinking that he doesn't like her, and then he's like literally obsessed with her. And so one of these flashbacks, he's like just gotten in this fight with his dad. He's talking about the difference between like the good in his life and all the bad that's constantly in him and like around him. And then Sloan says, and he says, and there she was in the window beyond the cherry tree, the good. Crying on the fucking floor. I cried a lot in this book. It was very fucking emotional. So I gave this five stars. This was my favorite book in the series. And I think that this one was meant to be the last book in the series, if that makes sense. So first off, we get a good amount of the other characters from the first two books. You see Lean and Naomi, Nash, Knox, like even Waylay. But the development of these characters continue, but not in a way that it's too overwhelming and takes away from Lucian and Sloane's story. I absolutely like that we got more of the plot and more pieces to the Anthony Hugo puzzle. And we finally see justice being served. So now to Sloane and Lucian. I ate their story up. I couldn't put this book down. 
Sloane was the perfect combination of being a badass and like she was so witty and funny. But she was like, yes, I miss independent, but I also want a man to like take care of me and like have like, like she wanted a man. And Lucian is a top 10 like male character, in my opinion. He was in control, hot, demanding, possessive, but also caring. Like he would go to war for those that he cared about. Lucian's relationship with Sloane's parents had me sobbing. He still cared for the mom after the dad died. And when we found out that he paid seven figures for her dad's like experimental like drug so he could have one more Christmas, like had me done for. The epilogues were 50 out of 10. And I like that we got one and then he got a bonus epilogue and it just wrapped everything up so perfectly. And we got to see how everything worked out for all the characters. You see Waylay getting married his mom, her mom, both moving on. It was just, the plot was perfect. The romance was romance. Like, romance was romancing. And it was enemies to lovers, but not two enemies to lovers, where I could see how they could end up together. And another big reason, I just love the friendships, like, the female friendship in this book, but also, like, the guy friendship and how they talk about their emotions. And they, like, they're like, we have to talk about our emotions in a healthy way. And I just love that. A few quotes that I have, um, when um, Lucian is at the funeral for Sloane's dad and he goes, it was a single tear that slid down Sloane's cheek, the one she dashed away with my handkerchief that had sliced me open and left me raw. Like I knew from there, like he was this 10 pages in, he was in love with her. Her dad texting Lucian when he knew it was going to be the end and was like, if I could have chosen a son in this lifetime, it would have been you take care of my girls. I was fucking done for. The fact that he funded pretty much everything involving the library and everything that could do with Sloan's life. Like he made these like these cherry blossom, all these organizations were like different cherry blossom names because like cherry blossoms just meant so much to them. And then so her doing the dating apps just really made me giggle. And this part made me giggle because it reminded me of Sav when it said, I'll be your swipe right straight consultant. Like that is so true. Every girl's best friend is going to be her swipe right consultant. And then I knew that the Dusty Cop Wiggly was involved. I knew. I really thought for a second that maybe um, Nolan was involved just a slidge bit in the beginning. But I knew that the Dusty Cop Wiggly was involved. But the judge being involved, that kind of threw me off. I knew the cop was the cop was dirty. I am a Nolan stan. I loved him. I loved that he like begrudgingly worked his way into Lucian's life. And I liked that in his like work environment you come to find out like he's not this like evil underlord he's actually like a really good guy like he's taking down bad people to put better people in and like that's sexy <laughs> like we- when he was taking care of holly like his young employee that was like the mom of two and she was like my kids are so excited for me like they even packed my lunch i was um- just done for <laughs> Like, he was truly such a softie all along, and I love a trope, and it's like they're enemies to lovers, but he's never really seen her as an enemy. Like, he's always just been wanting to take care of her and wanting to make sure that she's okay. Yeah, it was just perfect. I loved it. The Spice was actually so good in this, and I think they banged a lot more compared to potentially other books. Like, I think that this was the spiciest of the three. I do. I think that it got the books progressed in spice level. Yeah, absolutely. So I gave this one and a half peppers. 
So I gave it two peppers because I think the tension alone deserved half a pepper because the tension was there. The tension was there. And that, that really added to the spice. Nothing you love more than a little sexual tension. Yeah, I really do. There's just something about it. (laughs) Okay. I have a couple of, um, scenarios. (laughs) The first one is Hold on, I'm like reading from the book. Feels like I'm reading from the Bible, like in the church. When they're fooling around in the back of the bar and she's like, someone might see us. He says, tell me you want me again. He ordered us. His fingers tugged at my nipple. What if I'm over it? I breathe. His grin was sinful. I can feel how wet you are for me through my pants. You're not over it. She says, are you? He says, if I thought for a second I could get away with it, I'd have you bent over the bar with this tiny excuse for a skirt flipped up around my waist and your co- and my cock inside you. Like, would I would fucking collapse if I, I would, I would propose of a bar and a man said some shit like that to me. Like, sometimes what you say when you're not fucking me is more important than how you fuck me or what you say when you fuck me. Exactly. Second situation, this is after they're fooling around at the bar or maybe another time. I don't know. They go from not banging to like nonstop Mm -hmm. banging, but they're in the car. He says no touching. She says, geez, bossy much. If you so much as graze my dick with your pinky finger, I'm pulling over on a public road, dragging you across this console and fucking you into oblivion. She says, that's not a convincing argument for why I shouldn't touch you. He says, if you're a good girl and wait the four fucking minutes it takes to get home, I'll strip you naked and worship every inch of your beautiful body with my cock mouth and hands. Okay. And I'm sat. (laughs) he is a good girl like he he loves a good girl in and outside of the bedroom and I love that I love that for me I love that for Sloan <laughs> I love that for everyone <laughs> okay something else that I thought was really hot so they finally get home this is like the same scene they finally get home it's it's happening okay my back met drywall he pinned me against the wall of his hips and opened the front closure of my bra with one deft flick He's growling. He's coming onto her strong. He says, God damn it. He murmured, lips moving against my breast. Every time I think I'll take my time, that I'll spend an hour just on your perfect fucking breast, I fucking lose it. I don't get any further than that because he plucked me off the wall and turned us. I found myself on my knees, face down on the upholstered ottoman in his living room. My ass was in the air, my face pressed into the blue linen. You baited me at the bar. That sweater and that little fucking skirt, your fingers brushing at my dick when it was already rock hard for you. Those sexy little glances while you played with your straw. I should teach you a lesson. I hate not being able to touch what's mine. I die. I die every time. He made sure Slow knew that that she was his. Like, was they like she didn't forgive him. He was like, yeah, we're in a relationship. She's like, I didn't tell you that. And he was like, you have always been my business. You always are my business. You always will be my business. Like you're mine. Like you know my so dick has funny. my dick has been inside of you. Yeah. And he's like in your mind and I'm yours and that's it. But you know what's so funny? Reading this, I'm gobbling it up, eating it up. If I, if a man breathed that sentence to me in real life, I would file a restraining order. You know what I mean? Like he literally said, and now we're in a relationship. I am going to propose to you. And I don't really care if you say yes or not, because we will be getting married. And 
I was like, oh my God, I love him. <laughs> I personally can't relate. Like, I you think... didn't love it? No, I did love it. And in reality, I didn't think I you would still also... love it. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I think he's aware of her, ba- of her boundary. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. A little bit of a red flag for you, but I still love you. <laughs> okay so I did give it two peppers because of the tension so I'm gonna mainly focus on the hotel scene because I think that hotel sucks is so hot mm-hmm. so he already has seen her like already knows that, like she's there to pick somebody up they're having discussions and in his mind he's like we're going upstairs so they're talking and she's just like can you fuck off but like everybody there like everybody in that hotel is scared of Lucian like the bar guy is not making her another drink so he goes, I gripped the suede cushion between her parted thighs and dragged her closer. Yes, he did. I'm and folding then, immediately. If someone grabs the cushion in between my legs and yanks me closer, I am folding. I'm done fold. for. Where's the hotel? Where's the hotel key? Get the key so, out. Let's fucking go. They're going up to the hotel, getting ready to like to finally have sex. This tension is going to snap. He goes. He worked the buttons free with one hand while the other loosely collared my neck. A show of dominance I found. Well, honestly, I found it fucking hot. Same, slow, and same. Like, same. Can't, can't and really. so she's continuously, like, giving him attitude. He was like, the only thing I want your mouth to do is, like, say my name. And she was like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm just going to keep, like, teasing him. And she goes, in response, he dragged the crown, the crown of his shaft through my slick folds, pausing to nudge my swollen clit. The promise of it had my core contracting. I tried to bow off the bed, but his hand on my chest held me in place. Again and again, he moved over my sex, spearing himself between my spread legs until my thighs trembled and spread my wetness everywhere. Like, he took his time. He was not skipping foreplay. Lucien was not skipping foreplay. And she was always, like, telling him, like, no, like, harder, like, I want, like, the true Lucien. And he go, she goes, reading my mind, Lucien hooked my ankles over his shoulders and bent me in half. I was pinned, conquered, completely at his mercy. And he loved it. He loved it. She loved it. Hot. I loved it. You loved it. <laughs> um, and another thing I liked, um, I liked the nipple ply. Like he, like that, I feel like that's something that's not like really talked about in like books, but I ate that shit up. Yes, same. So, I, I think that like, the spice was spicing. I feel like a nipple scene and a makeout scene are over, like, are underrated in books. And I will always love a nipple and a makeout scene. Yeah, because I feel like it's very, like, underrated. But I like for them how, when, because he was very, he's, like, very in control. And he would never let anybody fully give him head because he wanted to be in control. So, like, sex became, like, a thing for them to, like, also, like, mend their relationship. Yeah. And, like, grow, like, emotionally. And I really like that also. The only thing that I was not vibing with in this book was that they were going, like, 17 rounds. And, like, Lucy, girl, I need you to be realistic. (laughs) Nobody's going seven rounds in a row. No, I need y'all to get some fluids. I need y'all to get some food. Like that is quite literally not happening. And I know that we have said this before, but like it doesn't need to be so big. 
that yeah. you like that it's like painful and like a sphere yeah well yeah I mean <laughs> I'm with you but I'm not I'm here but I'm there <laughs> I just think like every this is maybe an issue that I'm having with romance books in general it's always the same thing like he whipped out his massive erection and my mouth watered like girl no it didn't like let's I'm saying like it doesn't always have to be an enormous sphere like let's mix it up and your mouth is not watering when a man whips his dick out like that's just not if it is happening to you godspeed but that is not what's going on with me (laughs) It's like he was. The, is it the Pavlov guy? Yeah. <laughs> mm. Hmm. Psychologists would have a field day with us. <laughs> I'm just like my mouth is watering at Chick Fil A. It is not watering when a man whips his dick out. Like that's just not the same thing. <laughs> that's so funny. No, but I think the spice—they are really going at it. I think other than the fact that they would go sometimes like seven, eight, nine rounds, the sex also was like, it just flowed nicely into the plot. Yes. Agreed. I do think like loose, these books are just a little ridiculous and that's like par for the course. And so I, I mean, I appreciated that she kept it real with what she was doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Lucian's 40, 40 year old men don't usually go like 10 rounds. 40 year old men can barely make it one from what I've heard. 40 year old men need assistance with one round, much less a fucking 24 hour marathon of sex. I want to get into some discussion questions because I think that this is important. Because anytime you have a series of three, you know that we're going to fuck, Mary kill. Like, you all saw it coming. And so, Emily, I want you to fuck, Mary kill Nash, Knox, and Lucy. So I'm really passionate about this, and I already have it down pat. I'm marrying Lucian. I'm fucking Nash, even though he's a cop, and I'm killing Knox. <gasps> oh, my God. I'm fighting. fighting words. I, I know, because this is the question that's following, but I really think that I loved Knox and Iomi's book I really did but I think their book is my least favorite in the series okay well mine I'm fucking Lucian I'm marrying Knox and I'm killing Nash 9 10 11 13 <laughs> I'll fuck with 12 <laughs> I'm so upset that Knox and Naomi's is your least favorite I think it's my least favorite. Like even seeing little snapbacks of them and I liked their flashbacks almost more than I liked their book. Or like their story now. I don't know. I loved it. Don't get me wrong. I think I gave it five stars also, or yeah. like four and a half stars. But I think that theirs was my least favorite. I don't know what it is about me, but I've done this with pretty much every series that we've ever read. I have an emotional attachment to the first book, I think. And so I put it on a higher pedestal maybe than it deserves. It was still a good book. I just, I couldn't do the Viking. But one thing I did eat up about this book, and if you've been here for the first two, the period talk was at a minimal. It was. She there was, she, Lucy, Lucy listened because it was Shark Week barely mentioned 
I will say, though, the cramp simulator at dinner when they are fighting with one another was fucking hilarious. That was so funny. And it was Waylay doing it. And she was like, why is my, like, niece electrocuting my friends? I just want to be invited to one dinner. Like, you know that these people are always having some crazy-ass shit going on. And, like, the boys fighting in the alley and being, like, they were, like, wait, I have to stretch. Like, you haven't been in a fight at 40 yet. You don't understand how bad this is about to be. Let me stretch real quick. Like, I was laughing out loud at multiple parts. And, like, when they, like, they were, like, already had beaten each other's asses. And I don't know if it was um, Jeremiah or Steph that was, like, takes the selfie. He was, like, everybody poe. Yeah, I was giggling. It was really cute. And I like how they, like, stayed. Like, they stayed to knock him out. Like, and I really do. And I really hope that it happens with Sav and I. That, like, our families, when we, like, like that, like, they do this. And I thought that, like, even 10 years later, like, their son was married to Waylay. Like, it was just so cute how it all just ended. Yeah. Agreed. Um, I do have one issue with this book. Okay. And I would like to gather your thoughts on it. Okay. I think that the whole reason why they were enemies is fucking stupid. Fucking stupid. So fucking stupid. I understand him being upset about the cops being called. I oh understand. No, I'm the opposite. Part. I understand her calling the cops. I do not understand him being upset about it. I understand both sides, but I don't. I think if I was Lucian, I would be madder about, like, the broken wrist than the cops being called. Her getting her wrist broken? Yes, by his dad. Yes, but that's not a reason to cut this girl out of your life when he's in prison and he's fucking dead. Yeah, and I like that she called him out. She's like, you're still letting your dad fucking control you. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the thing. Sloan did not let Lucian's bullshit go. Like, no. she was like, I'm going to meet you toe-to-toe for it. Agreed. And I was a big fan of that. She dished it out at every step of the way. And she could take it back, too, which I liked. I did, too. So, like, that was the thing. Like, they just, like, both had this, like, firecracker, like, energy. Excuse me. And I really liked that about them. Yeah. If your man but- isn't obsessed with how you talk back to him, I don't want him. Like, when she had that one date where the guy was so stoned and he left because Lucian showed up and they had, like, a date and, like, you had, like, the side characters be like, yeah, I'm a nurse. Like, if you don't like him, like, I'm going to, like, check you in for, like, head trauma. Like, it was just such a – I just – I ate it up. Yeah, I was giggling the whole way through. It was so cute. And now I'm sad because it's over. It is sad. It's like a whole world has ended. But I'm, I hope – because I know Al Kennedy is going back to Briar U. I'm really worried about the second generation books. Majorly. But I know that Lucy is going to leave Malcolm out alone. Which yeah. I'm and I'm thankful for that. Yeah. Like, let it live. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. <laughs> Goodbye. Okay. Getting into our favorite segment, which is how we view Lucian. Lucian, to me, is Henry Cavill, and nobody can change my mind. But younger Lucian was definitely the older brother, Charlie, from Cheaper by the Dozen. That is how I viewed younger Lucian. 
yeah it's it's forming it's forming it's there so lucian goes on five mile runs every morning at 6 30 a.m sharp and he runs in head to toe lululemon in a backwards hat before he leaves for his runs he turns on a coffee pot on for you so you wake up with the smell of coffee he is a boss in the boardroom and he has a penthouse office on the 30th floor like 30th floor of like a skyscraper he is a true city boy, and he drives like a fancy sports car. He's running red lights. He's not giving a shit. He can never take his hands off of you, and is constantly giving you teasing touches. He is the friend that will never ask any questions, and he'll come to your rescue in zero time. All the moms at your kid's school are in love with him, and he coaches your kid's sports team because he doesn't trust like anybody else to be the coach. I have to call you out for a brief moment. I think you have a runner kink, a runner and Lululemon kink. Every single Howie view. I know, I know. Like this is like the month and a one. half has been. He gets up in the morning, runs in all Lululemon with a backwards hat on. You know, can you just like, I can just picture it. Like, I can't picture okay. him running in Adam Sandler gear. It's okay <laughs> to have a runner kink. It's This is okay. a safe space. I want you to feel empowered. <laughs> does alex run i'm about to tell him like boy you better start running get some pokas it's time to strap up we gotta go <laughs> he doesn't run but he wants to get into running well this is enough evidence i have a week's worth of evidence to show to him <laughs> okay how i view lucian is this is how i think i view most hot men with dark hair is as Tyler from Teen Wolf, <laughs> the older wolf in Teen Wolf. Um, I think that he's like tall, has a nice five o'clock shadow going on, short, dark hair. I am 100% with you on younger Lucian being the older brother from Cheaper by the Dozen. That's, that's facts. I think that every, because he obviously has to wake up so early to go into the office I think that no matter what time of day he's getting up to go into work, he's making you wake up, giving him a kiss goodbye, and like making sure that he spends at least a couple seconds with you in the morning before he leaves. I think that he does the same with his kids, which is hot. I will say that's a hot thing to do. I can see him like driving down the road in a sports car, like eating a banana or eating like an apple in the morning. Like he's giving, he's giving fruit in the morning. I think that he is an overlord at work and like everyone at work is scared of him except for the like four people that have wiggled their way into his heart and his inner circle like a Nolan. I think that this is good. I think that he drinks his morning coffee out of a mug that like your kids made and it's like ugly and horrible and he refuses to drink out of anything else and it stays at the office so he has it every day. I think that, what else do I have? I think at like a kid's school charity function, he's signing a big ass check and it's always anonymous, but everyone knows that it's actually from Lucien Rollins, but like we all just keep quiet about it. And I think that he probably is doing a lot of charity work in his other time, but under like cherry blossom names, like he's never going to put his actual name on anything. I think that he tracks you in like a hot way. Like he knows where you are at all times, but not in a way that's like creepy or feels overwhelming or possessive, but in a way that it's like, 
hey, like, what you doing? <laughs> like, he knows damn well where you're at. And I think that he, instead of, he thinks, I think that he believes in like hard work on very few random things. So he refuses to hire landscapers and he gets up in the morning on the weekend and mows the grass. I think so too. You know, who's another good comparison for um, Lucian. Um, Hugh Dance, no, fuck. He was a leap year. Am I right? Was it? Is it Hugh Dancy? Oh my god, I have no. I don't think I've seen leap year. That is a legendary. Matthew Good, Adam Scott. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Hugh Dancy, as I think, is another good comparison for Lucian. Look him up. Dancy. Dancy. Yeah, I thought he's in leap year. He's not. Emily, are you sure? <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> I think it's this photo that's doing him dirty. Because <laughs> he played in Hannibal, like, as a detective. And it, he was very attractive in that. Because this is doing him dirty. I'm sure this man is hot otherwise. But personally, I just think so many... People can come back to Charlie from Cheaper by the Dozen. Agreed. Charlie from Cheaper by the Dozen is a classic. Like that man was hot before we knew what hot was. So since we we are obsessed with Lucian, we've made that known. We have to put him in our boyfriend pyramid. I already knew where he was going like four pages in. (laughs) But we have our scientifically proven boyfriend pyramid at the bottom. (laughs) The picture just showed up. I almost spit on my water. What? Is that who we're talking about? Yeah. Is that the man that you're talking about? That's a bad picture. That is a bad picture. A bad picture? That is the worst picture. He has a lot of better pictures. He looks toothless. (laughs) Lucian Rollins is up to date on his dental appointment. I'm sure he's very hot and other things. <laughs> I support you. So our boyfriend Fearman. So at the bottom, ultimate friends with benefits. Could be a situation shit. Could be telling your friends. You just know there's no future with this fan. Then you have meet the parents. He could be the one. Could be like Lucian. Could be all y'all's neighbor. Somehow he has met your parents. He's had family dinner. Then you have white picket fence. You guys are living the happy life. You're in the suburbs. Mary, the kids, the dog, you're having a happy life. Then at the top, you have God's here. Just that extra oomph where, like, nobody can beat those who reside in God's here. So, Sav, where are you putting Lucy and Rollins? All right. This is one of those where I would put the couple at God's here, but Lucy and himself, I would put at White Picket Fence, I think. Which feels he's in God's here for me. Yeah. I feel like I'm in the unpopular category. Like, everyone else will have him at God's here. No, I think I would be more concerned if you put him at like friends of benefits. Oh, never. <laughs> that would be crazy. <laughs> no, he's still like white picket fence material. I just, I loved him and Sloan. I don't know. He's like very close to being God tier for me. Yeah. He just has, there's just something about him. You loved him. 
I did. I did. I wonder. Um, I think I put Nash at like Friends of Benefits because he was a cop. I think you did. <laughs> and that's on being a first responder. And if you don't know, now you know. I think I put Nash at. Uh, I don't think I put him at God tier either. Yeah, what I love, but I love Nash. Don't get me wrong; that was my second favorite one. I liked Lena. I liked his. I liked the the female character a lot more than I liked Nash. That one wasn't for me, and I can admit that. <laughs> uh, that's fine. <laughs> do you want to do that spooky one? Nash? Yeah, I think so. It's about serial killers. Okay. Which, I mean, that's your love language, so I think we're yeah. good to go. <laughs> Sign me up. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode and the final book in the Knockmount series by Lucy Score. Sad it's over. Glad that it's being left alone and can just, like, exist out there in the world. If you have read the other two, but you haven't listened to our episodes, I will link them in the show notes so that you can go back and listen to those if you are new here. And next week, we are going to go to some spooky vibes, which we haven't read this, but it's getting really good reviews and I'm feeling really good about it. Um, But we're going to do Butcher and Blackbird by Roxanne Weaver. This is supposed to be like a serial killer dark vibe, but it's a little rom-commy. That's what I've been hearing through the channels. So I hope that it's good. If not, we do something else. I mean, that's just part of the show. That's fine. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in and we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.